Café Sofé is an unscripted, interview-style podcast featuring a member of the LGBT plus community every single week. Café Sofé is recorded under COVID-19 restrictions, which I only mention because I know the home decor of everyone I interview. I'd like to think comedy is like a box of chocolates, except I have an allergy to dairy. Hello, welcome to Cafe Sophie. I'll be your barista, Sophie Sophie's. Uh, what can I get you? Um, I don't really know. Just looking at the menu. Can I try a tall caramel frappuccino with a splash of coffee in it? Just a splash. I'm driving. You're driving, I see. So, a tall caramel frappuccino with a splash of coffee. Um, with a bottle of gin on the side because you're driving, yeah? Yes, correct. I'm okay. glad I'm glad we understand each other. Wonderful. I, I sense a Scottish accent there, so I just assume you're an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> can I get your name for the cup? Yes, um, so I'll give you my Sunday name. It's Salma Nella. Cool. Sal Melon. Got it. Close enough, yeah. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> So, what are you up to today, Salmela? So, um, not a lot really, just doing some stuff around the house. Um, you know, changed my bed sheets earlier, that was very exciting. That made me feel very um, mature and, you know, adulty. Um, and then I thought I'd really po- push the boat out and have some chicken nuggets for dinner, you know, because I am a trained Michelin star chef. Um, so, that was nice. Mm. How's your day been? You know, no one's ever asked me that before. I used to, you probably hear this a lot, but I used to work in a coffee shop myself, I know what this is like. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about me. Um, So your coffee's going to take a while, but in the meantime, do you want to play a little game? Sure, I love games. Don't worry, it's not sexual. Oh, that's good, as long as... (laughs) Depends what game, I mean, Monopoly can get quite intense, you know, I prefer something a bit easier, like Jenga or... Hungry Hungry Hippos? Hunger and Gippos, yeah, sure, I've got my hammer in my bag, that's fine. Alright, so this game is called Expresso Yourself. I'll basically ask you um, intrusive and personal questions about yourself and your life, and you can answer them. Excellent, is that included in the coffee price? Mm, Almost certainly, it greatly reduces it, just to avoid being sued. Fair, that's right. I'm from Kilmarnock, so I like to keep the, the bill small, you know. You know what? From the chicken nuggets, I can tell. <laughs> yes. Gourmet chicken nuggets. What are the questions you're going to ask me? Well, can I start off? Um, what are your pronouns? I use any pronouns, to be honest. He, she, they. Um, you know, when I'm out of drag, I prefer to go towards the he slash they kind of side of things. But when I'm in drag, I kind of would prefer, you know, she or they. I am a drag queen, in case you didn't know. Yeah, I could tell. So can I just call uh, you Egypt for sure? Egypt, yeah, that's fine. Um, my mum's my personal pronoun for me is Hall. Get over here. You know, that's she likes to use that. So makes sense to me. So, do you have a good relationship with your mother? I do. Yeah, she's um, she's basically me, but you know, considerably older and um, blonde. You know? Wait, she's, you can get older. I can. Yeah. Um, would you believe I'm actually forty-seven? Um, 
you know, wow. a good doctor I go to. So mm. I wouldn't say good. Yeah, he's he's two days away from retirement, bless him. But we'll get there. <laughs> My mum. Um, I didn't think it would be possible for anyone to be more of an alcoholic than me, but she she manages that quite nicely. <laughs> Wonderful. So you would say she takes the cake, and that cake is a rum cake. Yes, dark rum. <laughs> So you mentioned that you're a drag queen, and what kind of drag do you do? Um, so I'm probably best known in Glasgow for my stand-up comedy. Um, I was that I was that girl who did like your Demi Lovato lip syncs and stuff, and I still am to an extent, um, to no one's pleasure. But I, yeah, I'm known for my comedy. I host a show um, called Infectious, which is on monthly when we're in venues every other month or when I can be arsed really in the digital age. Um, I'm quite known for my quick wit on the microphone and my refusal to wear like any high-heeled shoes on the stage, I think. I'm not really known for that in a good way. People tend to look at that with contempt and um, disappointment, but I love it. So. <laughs> so if you were to sum up your drag in two words, those would be quick and flat? Yes, although the jokes are not. They are thought out and not flat. I promise they're really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thought out and lengthy. Just like how I like, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I was like, just like how I like, oh, but oh. <laughs> well, them to be flat and quick. <laughs> yes. I, I like um, two-dimensional men in particular. Mm-hmm. You know, I like my <laughs> men like I like my coffee. Pass them over to other people. <laughs> Low and dairy, yes. <laughs> So, what is something you're proud of in drag? In drag? Um, I think... I mean, there's there's just so many great things I've done. Um, no, but... Um, oh, list them. I'm, I'm pre- list them, list, now. List them. <laughs> list them, okay. Um, I'm quite pr- I'm proud of my show. I'm proud of Infectious. I'm proud of the how I've been able to sort of naturally create a platform for... You know, not only like seasoned veterans in this in the scene, but also sort of like the disenfranchised and the sort of the unsure of themselves performers that are kind of coming up through the ranks. Um, I'm proud of like how diverse the lineup tends to be. I'm proud of the fact that like six months into the show's sort of life, if you want to call it, um, the show's run, that we were able to do like a competition. Um, we did the the Royal Rumble last. Actually, it was about, about a year ago, January, um, and for that to have such a diverse lineup of contestants and to have for it to have so much interest from the scene, I was really proud when I got nominated for the Comedy Award at the Glasgow Drag Awards last year. I thought that was like a big. It was a huge shock to. I mean, I only killed over when CG read out my name on that live stream, but I was kind of proud of that because I was like. For for a while in drag, I kind of felt like I wasn't really connecting with people, and I felt like I wasn't like, um, sort of living up to the standard that I think I wanted to, and that other people wanted to. So to get something like that to be considered in the top five comedy performers in this scene, according to a vote, you know, it was pretty pretty special for me, and I'm proud that I've been able to like remain authentically myself throughout the time as well. I think sometimes success can go to people's heads um, and sometimes you can change too much for the art form, but I'm glad that I'm still as equally disgusting as what I was four years ago when I started. (laughs) (laughs) There's another good two words to describe you. Equally disgusting. 
equally disgusting. <laughs> exactly. But it is good to, you know, receive recognition for your accomplishments. I've been trying to get Employee of the Month for about three and a half years. And get nipped to the post every time by the pill. Well, do you know something? They're missing a trick. I mean, Tanisha down by the till there, she's been on her phone for the last 15 minutes. I think they need to let her go. They just can't oh. get staff these days. Yeah, that's not a person. That's um just a full body sculpture we have. Oh, she's still made a paper mache. I, I would still terminate her at the first possible notice. You know, capitalism is hard and it can affect people, so she needs to receive the full experience. You know, she does get paid more than me, despite the fact she's made out of paper mache. So I do agree with you. So you mentioned um, the Royal Rumble uh, briefly. What was that? So that was a. It was a competition we did. It was a, it was a one-time thing. You know, you get a lot of like weekly competitions and monthly competitions in the scene, but this was like a one-off thing. Um, it basically we put out like a call because all good things in the Scottish drag scene start off with a Google form. Um, we put one of those out. <laughs> that is how I got this job, my Google form. Google form, yeah, we're looking for baristas here. Um, fill out the I form had... and we'll be in touch. Mm-hmm. Yep, I had to know my star sign, um, where my sun and moon were. Um, I had to check I wasn't in retrograde, which was good. It was very <laughs> yeah, expansive. They... You know, the name of my firstborn child, everything. They had, they had slots available, you know, it's um, £10 per cup of coffee made, including tips. Uh, it's, a good, <laughs> it's a good gig that you've got there. That would be fucking um, amazing. I'm paid minimum wage for 25-hour shifts. It's honestly unreal. I mean, when they open the West End branch, you know, that'll pick up a bit. Um, but no, it started off the Google form, um, and people applied in their 10s and 11s, um, oh. and we've my kind of vibe for it was, you know, like quite a few people applied to it already performed it Infectious. And my kind of thing was, I want to, like, and I think everyone wants this when they start out, they just want a platform to show what they can do and show themselves off um, in the most, like, kind of versatile but all-encompassing way as well. So I thought, okay, I wanted to do that. So we got, um, we got eight people in, and basically it started off as, like, a lip-sync tournament. Um, there was four lip-syncs, then the four went through their solo performances, and then... That was whittled down to three, they did a final lip sync, and the winner got a cash prize, and what would have been like a performance slot at a future show, but then COVID came along and that kind of popped down. But as I say, it was like a really diverse lineup of contestants, and you know, the judges panel we had was just excellent. Like three very different performers and voices in the community given like really well thought out critiques and sort of constructive criticism, which I think everyone needs to really kind of flourish as a, as a drag performer you just need like good solid constructive advice from your peers yeah you know sometimes you just need someone to actually critique you and tell you what you're doing wrong um for me that's a lot of things i'm, I'm not good at this job i like i mean like my competition <laughs> for employee of the month is a barrel made of paper mache so you know <laughs> not doing great <laughs> her and like the the janitor but that's about it like <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have a janitor. I do, I do both, you know? So I'm technically pulling doubles every day, but, you know. Well, All-encompassing, we stand a workhorse, especially in the, the hospitality industry. I have worked on some horses before. That was a weird barista gig. <laughs> uh, anyway. That, that coffee shop at Epcot was wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what, you've done drag for how long? Um, it's coming up in a bit. Four years. Four years in April since I first performed. Wow. That's like five babies worth. 
Yeah, Boris Johnson's had three kids in that time. Mm-hmm. And all with different and he, can't, and he can't remember any of their names. It's quite spectacular. So, what is something you are known for, having done drag for, um, such-, for such a long time? Yeah, I think probably the way that I can sort of like blend like typical West Coast Scottish humour with. Um, I thought you were going to say your makeup there. No, I'm not going to. My makeup I'm known for, but not for the right reasons. Um, I'm known for the way that I can blend humour with sort of with theatre and with like my stage presence and um, how I can kind of fuse that with like a slightly socio-political edge. I'd like to say, you know, I'm quite when I do my stand-up sets, I'm quite outspoken about like the state of the world and like the political situation that we're living in right now and sort of like the challenges that sort of minorities face you know like trans people and people of color and things like that i'm quite outspoken about that i'm also outspoken about frankly pointless things like middle-aged women who complain and um the, show the weather on you know BBC. the show pointless and bbc and um the weather you know i can rattle off a good set about the weather if um if paid so <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you the weather for money Yes. You can see the roadside <laughs> now. Sean Batty so, has got nothing on me. So what is something you wish other people knew about you? That they can speak to me. Um, I think I think sometimes I maybe give off like a bit of a vibe that people feel like they can't talk to me. Um, but yeah, I was in the spoken area of a well-known Glasgow club and um, someone came up to me and asked me for my lighter and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I was in full drag as well, so I was kind of like, yeah, sure. And they were like, thank you. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Have a good night. And then two minutes later, they came back up to me like, do you know what your problem is as a drag queen? You're fucking unapproachable. I was like, I just gave you my lighter. Do you want my fucking kidney as well? Like, I don't owe you and, shit. Just uh, you feel it. And, and like, but that, you're but from that like, That's like offering someone a job if you give them a lighter. Yeah, like, I have to trust you to give you my lighter. But, no, I think, like, I, I sometimes worry that people might think I'd you know, take myself too seriously or whatever. I am actually quite a nice person, so come and speak to me if you see me in a pub, especially if I'm drinking alone. So what are some of your interests outside of drag other than um, smoking and chicken nuggets? <laughs> that's it, really. That's my only that's my only outlook in life. No, um, I quite like, you know, I studied English at uni, so I quite like reading for fun um, and not in the way that drag queens do. I mean, actually picking up a book and reading. Um... I like, you know, I've recently got a PS4, so I like, you know, playing games, going on and shooting people. It's fun. Um, I'm a big wrestling fan. I will spend hours in a day watching wrestling shows if I can possibly, um, if I can fit that into my day. You know, it's, I've got quite, a, quite interesting. I like just sort of like meeting new people as well, like socialising. I'm quite good at that. You know, I was known at uni for organising socials um, in a society that I was in, so I quite like just getting to know people and getting to um, find out what makes them tick. And I also really like drinking, which the two kind of go in hand with. <laughs> I'm yeah. known for my drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, drag, wrestling and drinking. It's a good combination, just don't do all three of them at the same time, because there are some side effects. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't drink and drag. Well, that was really interesting and informative, and you have proven all the stereotypes about Kilmarnock correct. So thank you for that. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you know, if you want, we can actually put a chicken nugget um, in the coffee for you if you want. No, no, that's fine. I've got a spare supply in my bag. I can just 
take them out and dip them in, you know, it'll be, be fine. But I'm glad that I've, you know, any stereotype that exists about people from Kilmarnock, I just want you to know I'm here to reinforce them. That's great to know. Um, I'll just let Chef know um, you don't want a chicken nugget, um, and we'll get your drink right out there. He heard your accent from, like, all the way in the back, so he instantly went my... to McDonald's, so, you know, at least, you know, he'll have something to eat. Yeah, because it's my cousin. That's fine. All right, John. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, um, Chef has just gotten back from uh, McDonald's and he's wondering, do you want a large or a small Diet Coke? Um, just a small, like I said, I'm, I'm driving, so just mm. a small. I get that, don't worry. Don't worry, it's jumbo everything else in a Diet Coke. Um, That's while absolutely we're... fine. <laughs> um, while we're waiting, um, do you want to play another game with Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not doing anything else. It's not like I have a job or anything to do. So. Yeah. Besides, you can't leave even if you wanted to. Well, yeah, I noticed the door locked behind me when I came in. That was a bit creepy, but we're here now, so... <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, while you're waiting, um, do you maybe want to try our daily blend coffee? Sure, I'm, I'm up for trying new things. I feel like that's what your dating profile is. I'm up for trying new things. Yes, that and um, it says ENFR at the end, which is my personality. Um, that's what that's my Myers Briggs does, score. What does ENFR stand for? Um, extremely nauseatingly funny, but also um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the cogs turning in your head trying to think of a word that started with R. Oh, right. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> and that is right with a W. So it's yes. still a little bit wrong. No, I, I, I messed that one up dearly. But yes, what's your daily blend? Um, so our daily blend for today is how might having a medical condition affect your life as a performer? So if you want to just take a wee sip of that there, See what you think of it. Um, it tastes um, sterile. Um, could do with some sugar, but I can I can provide that. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, I did um, pour some, some antiseptic in there. That yeah, I, I could taste that. It reminds me of my days working in the clubs. Um, the secret is but, the you know, anesthesia. Yeah. Oh, I feel a bit crazy. Um, so how might how might a medical condition affect Millie as a performer? Um, it's you know. Quite a good daily blend you picked out for me there. Um, it kind of puts me in mind of oh, myself, which I like that. Purely coincidence. Yeah, you know, purely coincidence. Um, I, I definitely don't what... stare into the souls of people that come in the cafe and, you know, name the daily blend after them. <laughs> it's not tailored in any way at all. Um, but yeah, like, uh, what a lot of people might not know about me um, as a performer is that I am, you know, I am a drag queen who lives with a with a colostomy bag. Um, I, but four, four years ago I was hospitalised um, with kind of severe symptoms. Um, I was diagnosed with a condition called ulcerative colitis, which for those of you listening, that's not the name of a contestant on Dragula, that is an actual disease. Um, and by listening you mean all the people in the cafe, yes? Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, back, to your, back to your tea, Josephine. Um, so I was diagnosed with that and through no fault of their own, you know, the hospital they tried, like, 
all these different expensive medications on me, kind of you know ways of containing the the illness, and it you know got quite um, you know it was, it was quite scary at one. But there was a, there was a point where I was given twenty four hours to live, um, and it was quite a it quite, like quite a scary time, really. It was, yeah. I mean, I, I lost about four or five stone in weight. Um, I looked like a complete skeleton, you know, a complete shell of myself, if I'm honest. Um, but the way around it eventually was to fit a stoma onto my body. Um, for those of you that don't know what a stoma, I'm saying this like there's an audience. Um, you know I mean? like, it's okay. For those of you it's that don't okay. know what... um, Tanisha, the paper mache tell lady, she, she's really nosy, so. Yeah, so I'll lean in so Tanisha can hear. Um, a stoma is basically just like a, surg- a surgical opening on your body. Um, you know, some you can get them in your throat if you have problems with breathing. You know, it can provide like an external pathway for oxygen and carbon dioxide to come in out of your body. You can get them in your bladder. You know, can help you pee. Mine's you know for the other thing. Um, I've had that for about four years now. Um, it has not been without its kind of trials and tribulations. You know, like it's a whole different way of living to get used to. You know, you don't go to the toilet in the same kind of way that other people do. You have to sort of wear, you have to think sort of outside the box in terms of like clothing that you're going to wear. You want to be comfortable all the time. You've got to watch what you're eating. You you want to have a drink. You know, you've got to like balance that out with water so that your body just doesn't like dry up on you. Um, There's like loads of different things to, to take into consideration there. But one of the things for me was not long after I had the operation was when I really started to pursue drag and to get, um, you know, get performance slots and opportunities and all these different kind of things. And I think what people don't sometimes take for granted in drag is that you do have to think about your appearance. Um, you know, that does, can, especially with... Yeah, I can imagine that it is something that severely limits both, like, what you can wear and also, like, how you're able to move around. For example, like, you're in, say, you know, a busy club, um, you can't wear, like, anything where people might grab you because you might, you know, be, like, knocked overhead onto the floor and then, like, that could be a whole other issue. Is that sort of, yeah. along the way of what you mean? Exactly. Really, if you're in, like, a standing room only club and someone elbows you in the stomach, then it's a bit kind of, hmm, can get a bit messy but like there's a there's a standard of sort of the looks that you have to present as a drag artist because of like the boom of things like RuPaul's Drag Race and Dragula and things like that like people expect you to have like a certain fashion sometimes the fashions that are expected aren't the most comfortable you see these people in like 18 inch corsets and like 10 inch stiletto heels and things like that and just just with the nature of my condition that's just not something that I can ever put my body through because I need to be I need to, if I need to go to the toilet basically, I need to bear that in mind, I can't be like fanning around to like intricate uh-huh, you can't, and... yeah, you can't take 15 minutes taking off an outfit and then putting it back on yeah, so for like the for the most part of my career you will see me in like a skater dress or like a tube dress or something because it's easy or like if I am wearing like a I have worn the on play suit, I've made sure that it's tailored to my needs that I can get in and out of it, you know, quite safely. Um, so that's been kind of challenging because I have to sort of limit myself like that. And you do get like the people who 
sort of think that they know what drag is about because they've seen a season of of drag race you know coming up to you in the club or whatever like telling you that you should be doing this and doing that but they don't actually take into consideration that behind like the wig and the makeup and things like that you've got your own shit going on and sometimes in my case quite literally um in some cases like you just don't know what that person is going through you can't make those kind of judgments and i have had like arguments with like fellow artists about it before and but you know not anymore because we all understand each other it's a bit better i think certainly with like there's been more of a discussion about you know being less ableist in drag in the past couple of years you know like it's become more the kind of not the done thing but more people are coming up and they're going on stage in flats or like they're going on in like sort of like ready to wear outfits and things like that and as long i think as long as you like serve what you're wearing with confidence and you present yourself in a way that you know people are like or you know like you do like a good performance or something it doesn't really matter to me like what what the person is wearing um so that that can sometimes be limiting you know yeah i mean like you used a really um a core word there ableism um do you think there's um not just ableism in the drag scene but ableism in the gay community itself absolutely i think there is um i think you know like at the risk of sort of generalizing here but like i think there's such a there's like a beauty standard within within the queer community that people feel that they have to adhere to particularly amongst like cis gay men yeah i mean like i'm a barista so there is like a lot of um like a beauty standard to be a barista i think get multiple plastic surgeries to you know be able to work here it was very expensive and i still haven't paid off the debt but you know yeah, like it's, the beauty standards exist everywhere. It's completely natural, um, but particularly amongst like cis gay men, you know, like you go on these like dating apps and they ask you for like a topless photo or like, you know, a picture of you with even less on than just your t-shirt and things like that. And if you don't have like an eight pack, or you know, you know, like these muscles, or you're six foot two, or you're like overly masculine or something, if you're not all of these things and you don't tick the box for some of these people. I think there's been like a move away from it, but I still think we do have a bit of a way to go. Um, even things like, you know, I wish that like a lot of, you know, I, I'm quite glad that I can stand here and say that I'm able to, to walk and things like that. When I was super ill a few years ago, I had to learn how to do that again. There's other people who aren't so lucky who are in wheelchairs or they have to use crutches on a daily basis and things like that. And a lot of queer venues in our community are not easily accessible to these people. You have to go down a flight of stairs or you have to, like, if you want to go for a smoke or something, you've got to go up several flights of stairs, you know? I just think, and I get that it's, like, it's the way that, like, the buildings are maybe sometimes naturally laid out. That's just how the architecture is going to be. But I I think, you know, there's there's definitely a way to go. Like, there's, I see people, like, going back to sort of, like, drag as well, you know, there's people put up tweets being, like, we we should really normalise, like, wearing flats in drag or, like, on the opposite side of the coin, it'll be like, if you're not wearing heels, you're not a real drag queen. It's just sort of like, what is so like captivating about someone's foot that you're looking at what's on their feet instead of like what they're doing on a stage for 10, 15 minutes in front of you or like what's how their makeup is or whatever. I don't know. I'm just going to look at your feet because that's, that's just how it goes. But yeah, to, to answer your question, I think not, not just for like 
physical illnesses, but I think there's ableism towards mental illnesses in the community as well. You know, there's a lot of... And I thought maybe, you know, like, this would just be like, a, I don't want to, like, say just a straight thing, but, you know, like, there's, there's still some, like, some men in our community who think, like, having mental health issues, which I've got them, you know, like, a lot of people I know have got them. It's a very common thing, like, in our community when you grow up in a minority that, you know, kind of mental illnesses happen. There's still some people in the community, I think, who have this kind of stigma and they tend to kind of use, like, derogatory terms, like, you know, there are people in our community who use words like snowflake or, like, cancel culture to, like, label someone who's having a bad day because of their mental health and social media. And I think, to be quite frank, that that needs to stop um, because that in itself is a form of ableism. Or, like, they'll happily use, like, the word, oh, I'm triggered, but, like, you know, to refer to, like, completely, like, juvenile things. And it's just, like, you need to think think about, like, the language that you're using around... <coughs> excuse me. Think about the language that you're using around physical and mental conditions is all I'm going to really say about that. Mm-hmm. Do, be- do better, men. Do better. <laughs> so if you don't mind me asking, what is some of the ableism that you yourself personally faced? I have personally... Um, I have faced things like when I've been in drag and I've been in sort of like, I don't know, I don't really do it so much anymore, but there was a phase um, where I would wear like a baggy, baggy t-shirt um, or like, you know, something just a bit kind of comfortable. I've had men and women come up to me in the smoking area and tell me that people wouldn't want to have sex with me because of the way that I looked. I've had, um, when I've explained the situation with like my stoma and things like that to pers- prospective like dating partners or something, they blocked me straight away because I don't fit like that kind of mold of what they're looking for or if they don't block me the conversation will just dry up really quickly you know it'll just be sort of like it'll go from like them sending me paragraphs about how much they love Jojo's new album to like one word answers to things purely just because like the like the dreaded K with a full stop yeah precisely like that I've had people like full on dump me because uh, if I've been dating them because of that you're just like I can't date someone with a condition like that so I've faced things like that I've faced things um, you know people have like made jokes about it behind my back I've had sort of people question just been like so how is it can you like take it up the ass and all this kind of stuff I'm just like it's none of your business but you know thanks for thanks for you know taking time out of your busy day to ask me things like that it's one of those things I think and I'm not like trying to defend these people by any means, as we've established over the last 10 minutes or however long I've been going on, but there's not a lot of like information about like the kind of condition that I have. So people, it's unfortunately a very human trait. They'll reject or make fun of things that they don't understand. Okay. So this isn't really related to our daily blend coffee. Um, TM, trademark, copyright. Um, I want to avoid <laughs> infringement. Um, copyright. Um, the cafe Sophie has copyrighted the words daily and blend. Yes, you cannot use them ever again. That's everyone. Um, also, the word ochre. Um, we copyrighted that too. Um, we followed. It's not in a human. Cardi B. We followed Cardi B's example and um, copyrighted nonsense words. Um, but how do we combat 
ableism, you know, in any community, not just, you know, the gay community or the drag community, um, the barista community. Um, the barista <laughs> I mean, arguably, if we're going to start anywhere, it's with the, the baristas. Community. It's with yeah, the baristas. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a hellscape out there for um, a barista we're at, in the we're streets. In a, we're in a pandemic, you guys are on the front line. Um, <laughs> I think and that front line comes in a cinnamon flavor. I know that, pumpkin like, spice obviously, front I've <laughs> pumpkin spice for fuck's sake. Uh, I know that I've sort of just spent about a few minutes there, just kind of gone off on one about the experiences that I've faced. But I think what I was kind of saying there about like, people reject things that they don't understand. I think there needs to be sort of more information on these. I think there just needs to be some education that's undertaken on sort of the various sort of because there's like a there's a there's not just like a handful of conditions that people can have there's literally hundreds thousands of different things that everyone has like a thing do you know what I mean like some people wear glasses some people have like prosthetic limbs you know I've had to have like cosmetic surgery to correct things in their face people have things that help them live and glasses you know are just ingrained into culture and things like that but for something like, say, a stoma bag or whatever, I just think there needs to be more... It needs to be sort of less taboo, I feel like, because there's not as... It's not something you see sort of rising rates of in the news every day, because it's not that common, but it's more common than you would think. We, like, we need to be able to edu- We need to be able to educate people on things that are going on. I think... And I'm not just talking about ableism here, but I think there, there's such a... Like, the easy way out in a lot of things is just to argue about things and shout at people for things and you know take people or like to de-platform and to de sort of stigmatize to like to yeah like to de-platform people because they don't understand something i think just have a conversation just educate people on what's going on with and like with, with disabilities like if you think someone might not understand like because i've i've the amount of people that I've sat down and had a conversation with about my condition who didn't know anything about it at the start of the conversation but were a bit they didn't know everything by the end by any means but they were a bit more enlightened as to what was going on that was a lot better than me screaming at that person for 20 minutes mm-hmm. no, I get you know, that. Just, I, I'm a barista people scream at me every single day and I don't listen to a word they say most of them are yeah. in Karen and it's never spelled how you think it would be you know like, I try really hard to spell and pronounce everyone's names correct, um, Sal, Melon, but, um, it's very difficult. I've had what? I've had worse. Um, sometimes you get a Karen with a C as well, that just brings up a whole different level of difficulty. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, to, to combat ableism, I think, you know, don't hate, educate is what I'm trying to say. Like, have conversations with people. Say, you know, yeah. at a bookstore. At the movie theater, on the street, in a in a coffee shop. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, this is your barista Sophie Sophia speaking to you now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and especially this megasode. So, as usual, I have something of our guest plug. On the 10th of April, Salmonella or Sal Mellon, as you may know her from this episode, will be hosting a drag event along with Marie St. Sandy. I feel like I've heard that name before, but it isn't quite coming. 
Well, on the 10th of April, 2021, at 8 p.m., there's an online drag event called Sinks and Drags, hosted by Out the Box Events. The link to this show is in the description of this episode of the podcast. And if you're interested, you can also follow them on Instagram at Out of the Box Events. have some bad news. The ice cream machine at McDonald's was broken. Again? Another one? Another one? Does that mean I can't get my ice cream? Well, obviously that means that, but... Yeah. That's I fine. Mean, like, I'll go tomorrow. I mean, like, he already travelled a mile to get to that McDonald's, but, you know, I can send him to the one on the outside of the city if you want. No, no, it's fine. I'll go tomorrow. I mean, I'm recording a podcast with the guy who does the fries in there tomorrow, so be good to go. In the meantime, um, do you want to play another game? Yes. <laughs> sure, sure, why not? So, um, I have these three coffees in front of me. Um, I made these before you came in and they're ice cold now, but um, not like the good kind of iced coffee, as in they've been sitting here and there is a couple flies in them. Um, and uh-huh. for fun, two of them are full blend coffees and one of them is decaf. So I'm going to give you three facts and you tell me which one is false or decaf and which two are true. Or full blend. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds fun. Sounds like a nice little icebreaker. Because <laughs> the ice cream machine is broken. Hilarious. <laughs> see what I did there? I can see why you're a comedy queen. <laughs> I'm glad one of us can. Anyway, uh, so the facts that I'm just going to pull from my direct memory because I am a wealth of knowledge. Um, I have a master's, um, a doctorate, an OBE, an MBE, a YMCA, everything. Um, so I, you mentioned that um, you were into wrestling. Um, yes. I also like two men wrestling around, but um, I've got some facts about wrestling. Um, just off the cuff. Um, does that sound fun? You think you know a lot about wrestling? Would you say? I, I think I might. Yes, I I do have a little um, wrestling podcast that I do from time to time. Um, I don't know if you've seen it on on the Spotify. Um, it's called Diva Get the Tables, um, where I review wrestling shows every week. So I think I might know something about wrestling, perhaps. Hmm. I mean, like, as I mentioned not two minutes ago, I just learned what a podcast was, so... Fair. Um, I have a radio show. Ah. <laughs> uh, a radio show, and you carry your messages via carrier pigeon? Yes, um, and sometimes um, two strings and a can as well. That's my favourite as well. I think you mean two cans and a string? No, you heard me correctly. <laughs> Two strings in one can. Okay. 
How many how many people will listen to this podcast if it's only you with a can and two strings? You would be surprised. That, um, it has a global outreach of seventeen people. Wow, impressive! I have I have a very 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 small um, fan base in Malta, you know, which is nice. Um, Canada, I have well twin boys that listen to me there, um, and my mum. So it's a good crop of people. Cool. Anyway, let's get on with the game. <laughs> okay. I'm sure everyone in this cafe listening to this conversation is a bit like, wow, hurry up and actually get to the point. You've wasted five, ten minutes of our time just talking about two strings, your mom and Malta. We do apologize for the inconvenience, but you know, Malta is lovely, apparently. So Anyway. What were these facts so, you were gonna tell me? <laughs> So, fact number one. Stone called Steve Austin is named after a serial killer and a cup of tea. Um, Well, it would be news to me. Um, I was always under the impression, you know, Steve Austin is, you know, comes from his real name. Um, Stone Cold, you know, I believe refers to his you know, affinity for ice cold IPAs and beers. Um, he's a bit of a drinker, you know, Steve. Um, the Stone Cold part, however, you know, it could be from a serial I'm talking about Steve Cold Stone, Steve Austin, the wrestler, um, not the drunk from Kilmarnock. I think I should specify that, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be from Kilmarnock, but... Um, you know, I've never seen them in a okay. room together. I mean, he he's taken up many rooms. Not one in Kilmarnock, but where? Um, I'm going to have to put a pin in that statement. Um, what were the other ones that you had for me? I might be able to... Yes, okay. Well, number two. The Undertaker once had a panic attack because of a cucumber. Hmm. See so, yeah. it. If you told me that five years ago, I feel like I probably wouldn't have believed that because The Undertaker was only... You only ever saw him in character as, like, The Undertaker, you know, this, like, undead big bastard of a man um, who would not be phased by a cucumber, but he recently did a documentary where, leading up to his retirement, you know, you got to have a look at his life and how he's, you know, not the most confident person, how he's not as cool as a cucumber. So... That could be. That's maybe where his fear comes from. It might be. You know, he's just not as cool as one. I feel like, like, I always feel like when you watch these game shows where it's like truth or lies, I feel like it's always the unexpected. I'm going to say that's a full blend. You're going to you're gonna go and say that's a full blend? Okay. Yeah. Can you, okay, so he once had a panic attack because of the cucumber. Can you give me your imaginary situation where this has happened? Oh, the only thing I could think of is either A, someone surprised him with a cucumber and he was so taken by surprise that, you know, he um, started to feel the vapours. Surprised um, by a cucumber is my name on Grinder. You and me both, sis. Um, or, you know, maybe he choked on a cucumber one time and, you know, when you choke, you know, the loss of, or the lack of being able to breathe, that can lead to a panic attack. So maybe The Undertaker. I mean... This is a man who was undefeated at WrestleMania for 21 years, but against a cucumber, he was reduced to a quivering wreck. I still think it's yeah. a full blend. 
<laughs> yeah. I'd like to point out this is one cucumber. It's not like, you know, he was in the ring with someone and someone just, like the entire crowd just started throwing cucumbers at him <laughs> and bit him into submission. <laughs> By God, he's got a cucumber! Um, so one solitary cucumber, he, he's not like cucumberist or anything. Like, he just doesn't go... Uh, yeah, I think Phil blend for the cucumber. Um, and yeah. number three? And number three. So you're playing that one as Phil blend. So number three. Um, the longest singular wrestling match was one hour and nine minutes long. As in continuous. No breaks. Continuous, one fall to a finish. One hour and nine minutes. Okay, so that's the decaf. Um because quite regularly in sort of like the 70s, 80s maybe, you would have people wrestle to 90-minute draws. Um, and, you know, like, because in wrestling they have a Royal Rumble as well. That match itself has gone on for longer than an hour and nine minutes. Which mm-hmm. would then as an the uninterrupted with no breaks. As an uninterrupted. Uninterrupted, no breaks. Like no rests, no nothing. Hmm. Well, this changes everything. Um. I I might actually, for the first time in nearly twenty five years of life, I think I might be speechless. Because I want to say that that one's the decaf, but then I can't imagine Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, in all his glory, named after a cup of tea. Um. But I feel like because you play these kind of games and then because I remember I played this game one time and someone was like, I went skiing in Sri Lanka and I was like, no, you didn't. And then they're like, actually, I'm Sri Lanka's number three or something. You, know, like, you always end up like with the most mm-hmm. punch. So I, yeah, I think the I think the Stone Cold one is decaf and like about him being named after a serial killer and a cup of tea. Um, Undertaker being petrified into a panic attack because of a cucumber. I hope it's full blend, because that would just be... You just want it to be true. You just want to will that into existence. I want to will that into existence. I want I want the man who would throw people off the top of, like, big cages to be afraid of a cucumber. Um, yeah. So, Undertaker being having a panic attack because of cucumber full blend stone cold being named after a serial killer and a cup of tea full blend and the longest wrestling match being an hour and nine minutes is your decaf i believe so i'll reveal one of those facts to you Mm -hmm. i can reveal that the undertaker did have a panic attack because of a cucumber (gasps) scariest man alive had a panic attack because of a cucumber why have i not heard about this I mean, me, me and the Undertaker are not like best no. pals or anything, but why have I not heard about his like aversion to cucumbers? What's going on here? Well, it wasn't that he had an aversion to cucumbers. Essentially, he he was doing so well and like um, it was obviously undefeated for such a long amount of time. Um, but mentioned that he had like a partial fear of snakes, so one of his buddies um, essentially put, get, gave gave him a hat to put on and put a cucumber inside it. So, he put the hat on, felt something weird, lifted his hat, the cucumber fell out, and he went into a full-blown panic attack. Actually, I think I might have heard about this on a podcast. 
very recently. Um, because there was a guy that used to run about Jake the Snake Roberts. His gimmick, if you will, was that he came to the ring with a massive like python in a bag. Um, so that and they and him and the Undertaker feuded for a couple of years. So that would make sense actually. But <laughs> I could see that happening, especially to like if it was in the nineties. I could see it happening because you know he was an impressionable young boy back then, easily scared, easily led. <laughs> Okay. okay, so that's the film. I just want to con- okay. so I'm, I'm one for one. I just one. want to confirm, because you've gone like back and forth a couple times, sort of like a wrestling match. A, A, back and forth. A, A, look at me. I'm so hecky and masculine. Back and forth. <laughs> I have um, a wife and so- kids back home. Um. <laughs> so you're saying that, don't call it Steve Austin. You're saying that he is named after a serial killer and a cup of tea. And you're saying that the decaf one is the longest singular wrestling match that was uninterrupted and had no breaks was one hour and nine minutes long. Yes, that is my final answer. Okay. Well, I can reveal that the longest singular wrestling match was not one hour and nine minutes long. Yeah, boy. How long was it? Do you want to take a guess at how long the longest match was? Take a guess. I feel like... I feel like... Because I remember remember being... Especially in, like, the early 1900s when wrestling started to... You know, when people started to run wrestling shows. um, They would just... The matches would just go on for, like, the longest amount of time. And it would literally just be, like, 40 minutes of someone, like, having his opponent in a chin lock. Just be like, get out of this, sonny. Um... So I want to. I feel like the longest singular wrestling match is about two hours and twenty minutes. Well, um, you're wrong, <laughs> and it isn't like in ancient history either. Um, the longest recorded um, wrestling match that was uninterrupted was over three hours long, and it was a competition in Vancouver, Canada, uh, for charity. So it was a charity oh, wow. match. Essentially, um, it was a wrestling map where there was one singular, there was, well, they started with one singular opponent. Um, he basically played, he basically, I said played. Oh no, I'm proving that I'm not masculine here. You don't play a, you play okay. a wrestling match. I wouldn't hold it against you. He was in this, well, they were in this wrestling match, and essentially, once someone, like, once he was the main star, and basically people would come on. I don't know if there's a word for this in wrestling, it didn't say what it was, but essentially every time he defeated someone, a new person would come into the ring. So he basically lasted oh, so for yeah, over three hours. Good on him. Um, it sounds like a good old-fashioned gauntlet that he was going gauntlet. through there. Good old gauntlet, gauntlet match. sure. Yeah. I do. <laughs> sure. Do I know a really embarrassing secret? I'm not that masculine. I know. I mean, Absolutely I shocking. Tell. I mean... Your, your wrist has been at an angle the entire time I've been here. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, no, I, that... think a bench press, I think a bench press is the um, fancy way of saying a French press. It's really <laughs> difficult. It's just a really underwhelming um, toasty. Like, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, so Stone Cold Steve Austin is named after a serial killer. And a cup of tea. 
Well, um, the keller was known as the cold keller. Um, essentially, he murdered people by um, locking the, his victims in a freezer, so they froze to death. And um, essentially, um, he had some alternative nicknames of what he wanted to be called. Um, one of them was Ice Dagger, Steve Austin, or Chili McFreeze. You know, I think I've read about this. Um, I am glad that he didn't go with either of them. But... Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The only reason he didn't go with them was because the WWE said that he wasn't allowed to use those names. So he was fully willing to be called Chili McFreeze. Listen, in the nineties, in the nineties, there was some interesting character choices made in WWE. I'm glad that that was not one of them. <laughs> but yeah, um, and a cup of tea. Um, essentially, um, after he'd had his first two names rejected, he, his wife had made him a cup of tea. He was thinking of other nicknames, and she basically said to him, um, "Drink your tea quickly, or it will go stone cold." So, oh. he's named partially after a serial killer and a cup of tea. Well, every day is a school day. I mean, at this cafe, you get a frapp- you get a cup of coffee and an education. So happy days. I mean, like at that. this cafe, you know, you know, you divulge details about yourself. You learn about wrestlers, and um, you talk about ableism in um, the community and the wider world in general. Yeah, we're not like um, normal cafes. We're like um, a little bit quirky, you know. <laughs> Love it. So, um, I just got word from the um, Uber driver. Um, he'll be here in a couple minutes um, with the McDonald's delivery. Um, and also, you know, we'll be able to make your drink after that, I guess. Um, to be perfectly honest, I probably should have been doing that, you know, while we've been talking, but not a great multitasker. That's I understandable. Handle, like, I mean, I, I, I generally, I've been given such riveting monologues this time, you know, all you can do is listen, really. A soliloquy or two about um, a fear of cucumbers. <laughs> about cups of tea and serial killers that are synonymous with each other. Of course, synonymous. Um, anyway, I think we have time to play <laughs> one more game. Um, would you like? Would you like to give it a go? Sure. Why not? Cool. Uh, so this game is called Inventy Words or Less. I'm intrigued. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this, um, but the word venti, Italian, I know this because I, I'm a barista, uh, means 20. So I'm going to ask you a question and you're going to give your answer in 20 words or less. But, um, yeah, I can, I can formulate an argument, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is also an essay portion, um, and um, <laughs> a French speaker. Hope oh, that's okay. Go for it. You have won an all-expense-paid trip to anywhere in the world. However, you have to take three celebrities 
you hate? Where do you go? Who do you take? And why? <laughs> oh, only three that I hate. My God. I don't know, like, anyone who I feel like that's the most important and... part, so... <laughs> yeah, like, any, anyone who knows me well knows that I hate quite a lot of celebrities. Um, for reasons stemming from I don't like, you know, the programmes that they host, right down to they've, like, been mean to me in my dreams. Um, <laughs> so I think with, with that kind of, like... <laughs> With that kind of earlier sentence in mind, I think my first cele- I'm going to do the celebrities first because I think. Me, yeah, no, I'd got- say, Noah, tell me um, what, where you're going first. Where are you going first on this all expense paid vacation? Right, so where I'm going to go is, and I'm going to put a lot of thought into this because I'm going to take them to. Oh, God. Um, so I'm going to take them, there's a service station about 20 minutes from Blackpool. Um, so I'm going to build up their expectations that, you know, we're going to Blackpool because the three um, festering pustules of people that I have in mind will be really excited about going to Blackpool. Um, but I'm going to build up their expectation that, you know, we're going to go to the Pleasure Beach, we're going to go to Blackpool Tower, we're going to go to the circus at the top of the tower. Um, we're going to spend our body weight in pennies and the penny falls machines and the arcades and the, uh, the amusements. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to see a show. Probably going to go to the Blood Brothers tour outside the Pleasure Beach. They're going to get really excited for that. And then I'm going to like shatter their expectations by just taking them to this service station 20 minutes from Blackpool. Because this service station is one of the... When you travel, like within the United Kingdom, you do have the experience of a service station. Um, and some of them are really good experiences, like Gretna Green, stunning. You can even get married there if you so desire. You can have a Burger King, have a coffee. You can get married at a service married. station? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure one of the times my mum got married... Is there like a church or something? It's like a, it's like a registry office, and then up the road it's like Gretna Green, so you've got like the kind of scenery, you know, you've got the the greenery, all that kind of stuff. You can get your pictures taken in front of it. Um, so I would take them... But at the service station in Blackpool, all there is is a petrol station and a WH Smith. That is okay. it. Um, so even for like the basic luxury of a bar of chocolate in WH Smith, you're going to pay upwards of three quid. Which, you know, uh-huh. is quite expensive. Yep, there is no like, meal deals. No meal deals. The meal deal is like 30 quid for a ham sandwich. Um, because I don't want the three celebrities that I have in mind to suffer. I just want them to be inconvenienced to the point of annoyance and irritation. Um, so, and I would just like to... So wait, um, you're going to win all expense paid. You're going to win all yeah. expense paid vacation and take them to W.A. Smith. That <laughs> yeah. Well... If it was three celebrities that I like, then obviously <laughs> I would go to like Toronto, Canada, or something, or like Chicago. But because they're three celebrities that I or hate, Falkirk. all they deserve is this. Or Falkirk, yeah, Falkirk prepared is lovely. Um, but because it's three celebrities I hate, I'm gonna take them to a WH Smith in Lancashire because that's just how I roll. Now, as far as 
the guest list that will be joining me on this um, on this trip. Number one will be um, television personality and all around bottle bag, Carl Warderman. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Now, I have several reasons for this, but I'm gonna pick just two because I know that you know my coffee's gonna be ready soon. <laughs> Carol Warderman to me like I was quite an intelligent kid growing up. I don't know what happened, but I was quite intelligent growing up. And I would go to my childminders after school and we would watch Countdown on the TV when she was the she was the letters and numbers girl. And um I had Carol Warderman down as like the ultimate mathematician in this country. She could do any arithmetic or any sums or anything. And there was this one day after school, she got, it was like two big numbers and four small numbers. She had to make 512 out of it and she couldn't do it. She let me down, she let the nation down, and more importantly, <laughs> she let herself down on that day. So, she was so like, you're picking Carol Rotherman to go to because this she cafe, <laughs> not to go, yeah. go to this petrol station, because <laughs> she mm-hmm. got countdown wrong once. Yeah. <laughs> all, it, all, okay. A lot of could have been avoided if she just carried the four, to be quite honest with you. Secondly, I had a dream that I was auditioning for Big Brother Portugal, and she was in the judging panel for some reason, um, and she said that I couldn't go on, one, because I wasn't ready for TV, and two, because I couldn't speak Portuguese. Neither could she. Why was she in the panel? Answer me that. So she's in my list. Secondly... My second um, guest on this all-expenses-paid trip to WH Smith, Lancashire, is um, James Corden, because I feel I mean, like... you need to give a reason. Exactly. Um, one, he he horribly played the gay man in that prom debacle on Netflix. Secondly, all of the funny jokes in Gavin and Stacey were written by Ruth Jones, not him, but he still takes credit for it. Thirdly, I feel like when the World Cup was in South Africa in 2010, he was just in TV every night, and frankly, it boiled my piss. So, he's in the list. Um, boiled my piss. It boiled my piss. <laughs> um, which isn't... We do serve that. Oh, yeah, I've tried the iced tea. It's lovely. Um, and thirdly, and I feel like this might be a bit controversial um, to you know fans of drag and to just kind of, you know, general people out there, but I would personally like to put Paul O'Grady, aka Lily Savage, on that all expenses paid trip to WH Smith Lancashire. Huh. Huh. That's a, that's a surprising one. Mm. I know, I did quite like Paul O'Grady. I used to watch Blankety Blank when I was growing up. Um, but my main reason for it, and to be honest, it's nothing really against him. I just feel like I've never met him in person, but I just feel like if I met him in new life, he would have a very distinct smell of enamel paint to him. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that, to me, is like... I mean, there's worse things... Arguably, there's worse things that a person can do, but, um, you know, that that just... Smell like like enamel paint. Smelling like enamel paint. That's... That's the thing that's worse. Yeah. Just, just, like, just like, but not even like good enamel paint either. Like, I'm not talking like Dulux or anything. That's kind of good. Pound just land. like Poundland, basically. Poundland enamel paint that like kids like finger paint with. I 
don't know why they're finger painting with enamel paint, but follow me here. Um, They've had a rough childhood. Yeah, also, I, I don't really like the way that he sort of, like, gesticulates in conversation. I think there could be less of the arm movement, but that's just a personal gripe. Um, so, yeah, that, that is... Um, Okay. So to, 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 that is to, your stream, people. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you're ready to sum up both the location, the three people, and why them in 20 words? <laughs> or less? Um, I can certainly give it a bash. So we're going to WH Smith just off the M25 in Lancashire. Okay, you've got nine words left. Oh, for fuck's sake, Fred, I'll start again. Um, start again, start again. A WH Smith. I mean, like, you could. In Lancashire. I think you could just, like, hyphenate, um. Whole booth WH Smith is two words. Well, no, that's one word. It's just. Whole booth is hyphenated. One brand name. Ah, right, okay. Um, okay, WH yeah. Smith, Lancashire. With yeah. the enumerate Carol Vorderman, the unfunny James Corden, and the absurdly smelly Paul O'Grady. Cool, that was 19, so unless you want to add like an extra word in at the end here. <laughs> that. I am, in the, wor- in the words of Ellie Diamond, period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder. That was honestly not what I was expecting. I was expecting it something It answered my question and more. <laughs> answered my question and more. I, I, I do hope that you will sleep tonight, knowing my strong opinions on those people. <laughs> it was more that, like, you can go anywhere in the world and your immediate reaction was, hmm, I want to go to... Um, a toll booth pit stop um, with W.H. Smith just outside Blackpool. <laughs> no, but you have to understand my reasoning because, like, I hate those three people so much and you said that I had to take three <laughs> celebrities that I hated. I'm not going to take them to Australia with me or, like, Thailand or something. They're getting the absolute, like, bare bones, nay frills, like, Admittedly, there would not be a lot of expenses to be paid in that old expenses paid trip. So think of it as me doing the Apart from um, the three pound chocolate bars. Yeah, like frankly, I'm doing the proprietors of this competition a service by saving them money. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I believe that's your drink ready. <laughs> oh, good! I can't wait. I can't remember what I ordered, but I'm very excited. <laughs> well, on that time. note mm-hmm. well that thank you how much do I owe you for um, the for the coffee honestly the comment about Paulo Grady and enamel paint is payment enough <laughs> I feel like I owe you something <laughs> well, now <laughs> well you don't have to tell me twice I'll just be taking my coffee and be on my way thank you very much for listening to me today you know, if I was to, you know, follow you on social media or anything like that, um, how would I reach you? How would I find you to ask about Paul well, Grady's I've got, smell? 
<laughs> um, I do go into it in extraneous detail on my social media. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Salma underscore Nella underscore DQ. Yep, Salma underscore Nella underscore DQ. Um, on Instagram, you can follow me at Salma underscore Nella underscore Queen. Um, I do, I was at Infectious, my show, which I mentioned. I've got an Instagram for that. That's at Infectious underscore Glasgow on Instagram. Um, you can keep up to date with my podcast called Diva Get the Tables. Um, it's Diva Get the Tables podcast on Instagram or Diva Get Duh Tables, that's DA Tables on Twitter. You can get all the information there. Um, I'm fairly frequently active on those two applications, so be sure to to follow, to follow. I'm also available on MySpace, but frankly, wh- whether the link is still open or not is up for debate. Um, you can also get me on WhatsApp. My phone number is one two three four five six seven eight nine zero um, plus one. Um, but yeah, or you can you can write me a letter or a strongly worded telegram um, in defence of Paul Grady. It's entirely up to yourself. Wonderful. Well, absolutely wonderful. So much contact information there. And I didn't listen to a word of it. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, if well, you wanted to, you know, um, if you wanted to follow me on social media, um, my um, Instagram is sofae underscore queen. That's S-O-O-F-A-E underscore queen. Um, I always, you know, spell it out just, you know, because... I hate when, like, specifically when, like, um, minimum wage baristas, um, they spell my name wrong on the cups. So, you know, Sal Mellon, I, I, you know, you get my vibe. Yes, I can also be found... What I'd like to do. I can also be found on on Snapchat underneath Sal underscore Mellon. Um, You might find me on there. I'm just kidding. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. <laughs> okay, well, um, thank you for popping into um, Cafe Sophie today. Um, I hope you enjoyed your 45-minute wait for your coffee. And, um, you know, the conversation. It's been lovely. It's been a much better way to spend my lunch break than, you know, with the cunts that I work with. So, thank you. 